Hi everyone, welcome back to your soon to be favorite podcast. I'm Angelica. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Here We Grow. notes notes per se i have links that's how i felt with yeah i don't want it to be like a powerpoint yeah i didn't want it to be a powerpoint but, but i it also was. <laughs> it, it was but like also i felt like if i didn't do it in that format i was gonna forget the things i wanted to say yeah it's hard yeah but i think i don't know i think it'll be fine and yeah. if you don't know now you know this is how we do things <laughs> it's never gonna be perfect yeah okay What's up, besties? Hi. Hello. We are back. If you didn't know by now, if you didn't read the title, we're talking about OCD. And if you didn't know by now, if you didn't listen to the second episode of our podcast, Angelica has OCD. <laughs> you heard it here first, We've folks. talked about my mental ailments, and now we're going to talk about first. It's my turn. I'm also <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into it, but I'm going to do a quote of the week. And we'll have, we'll talk a little small talk and then we'll get into it. Um, so quote of the week, grab the mic like I normally do. You would never know the feeling of a good day if you never knew the feeling of a bad one. God dang it. That's right. Amen. Amen. Amen, sister. As Angelica would say. You know, when I was in my spiritual journey, had someone just told me that, like, why do we have bad things happening in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's because you appreciate the good stuff so much more. Yeah. It's like Inside Out. Yes. Like, if you haven't seen the movie Inside Out, go fucking watch it. Yes. Adults need to watch that movie. Yes. It will heal your inner child. Yes. But seriously, it's like, it basically teaches you that you need sadness, like the emotion of sadness, even though we want to avoid it and never look at it, never talk about it. We need it because it makes us who we are and makes us appreciate the happy moments and the happy times. And it helps us get over things in our lives because you have to grieve things. You have to, you know, look back at what went wrong and like learn from them. So like you need those moments in your life to like continue on. So can I tell you a story that like every time, like I think about that phrase, it brings me back to this moment. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope I don't cry. Okay. Oh. So I'm sure you will end up crying in this episode at some point. So yes, <laughs> it's very scary to talk about OCD sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but so we were in Mexico, I think it was in 2019. Yeah. No, 2017. We were in Mexico in 2017. And if you're from Zacatecas, Atominga, you understand that there's like a week and a half long of like uh, festivities in town. So like every day is like a different thing. And they'll have like beauty pageants um dance competitions they have like carnival rides and food everywhere and it's all downtown and everybody goes like everybody goes it like starts it like a week-long carnival essentially yeah like they come put up festival i guess yeah but it's like a super big deal it's like yeah. la ferias like it's people go there travel to atolinga specifically for this time like from other uh, other <laughs> from other cities yes <laughs> yes from other like people from alaska that are from in town like they'll travel around this time to go there like there's people from atalinga that yes. live in alaska yes why would you move to alaska from I mexico i think he said it was like his dad's company or something i know that's strange yeah 
yeah, I Alaska. Would never, like, if I places. lived in Mexico, I would not move to Alaska of all places. Well, my first thought was, are like, are your parents in the military? Because that's sometimes like a um, a porter or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now, like, just his dad's coming. Anyway, getting off topic here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you don't know how we do things around here, off topic. Yeah. So it was like the last day of La Ferias, and it's me, my siblings, my parents. We're and like you, you dress up for this, like. Your hair done, your makeup done, like you're dressing to impress, right? So we're all getting ready and everyone is like, you know, we got to be out the house at a certain time because we don't like being there too late because, you know, whatever. Like we want to like enjoy everything. Yeah. When we get there, we split up, meet back up hours later. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so we're all ready to go and then it starts pouring rain. And we're like, like, it's not like sprinkling. It's not like light raining. You can't walk in it. So we're like, okay, let's just wait out the rain. So me and my siblings were all sitting on the couch and I think it was like Alex or Jerry, maybe they start <laughs> one of those two. One of the two brothers, Alex or Jerry. I was going to say or it was Maria, either Alex, Jerry but then, or Maria. One of those. Like, one of the siblings <laughs> is playing music, is playing music on the speaker. Right. And it's just like, you know, the weekend's playing. We got some like EDM. I just remember the, the weekend song playing because we were all singing along to it. And this was such a simple moment, right? Yeah, like, like a movie moment. It's just, but it's not really. Like it was just my siblings sitting. We had music playing. We were all singing along. Mm-hmm. We weren't even like talking. We were just playing music. We're on our phones, like playing games. We're listening to music. We're vibing. We're singing along. And that was it, right? Like I didn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that night we went to the ferias and, you know, we had fun. We, you know, uh, enjoyed ourselves came back to the house my dad goes to open the door and it's unlocked oh i know this story now and he's like he turns to my mom and he's like hey did i forget to lock the door like that's weird okay so he pushes the door open and he walks inside turns on the lights and our house is kind of like in disarray in disarray and we're like what the fuck Mm -hmm. And my brothers immediately go to their room and they realize that a couple of their Jordans are missing, their shoes are missing. And then my dad goes into his room and he had cash laying out. I think he said like $400, which he understands now. He looks back and he's like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. It's because we got this sense, like this false sense of safety. And so Mm -hmm. he had like $400 um, out and his um, bag of medication with his insulin is gone. And so everyone runs out of their rooms and they're like, hey, this is missing. This is missing. This is missing. Like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And we're like checking everywhere because we're like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. And um, on our back door, there is like, so it's like the door, it's like a metal frame. And then it's like a mesh at the top. And that's like broken in. And we're like, what? And as we're inspecting the house, a truck speeds past in front of the house. And so we're like, that's them. Like that's the people or person that broke into our house and stole our shit. So all of my siblings, we just start running after this truck knowing goddamn well, we won't be able to catch it, but we do like, we're just in the heat of the moment and we chase this truck down and we come back inside the house and we are coming to terms with what happened. And we sooner or later put together that there was a broom that was left out. So basically earlier that week, my dad had contracted some guys to do some work around the house because it still needed to be done. 
and um they there was this guy on there that was there the last day like he was some kind of sketchy dude now looking back on it there's like hints so like my yeah, my brothers were hindsight. saying my brothers were saying that he was like asking questions he was like looking inside the house going into rooms he shouldn't be and um we found like a broom or something in the back of the house which we then oh and and someone had like mounted like bricks so they mounted like bricks on the side of the house they got on top of the roof and they used the broom to essentially break in the mesh and they literally slid in there like that mm-hmm. and that's how they got into our house and they left out the front door and took our stuff and it was just a very terrible night it was a very terrible morning we were scared shitless because we didn't know if they were going to come back like we didn't know what was happening yeah it gets a little bit more depressing because obviously my dad um needed his insulin like he wouldn't just have insulin just for shits and giggles like he needs that to survive Mm -hmm. uh but um i won't get into that story but what i'm trying to say is i look back at just hours before this happened where me and my siblings were sitting down listening to music and jamming along yeah and it's so precious to me that memory is so precious to me because even though it's like paired with a bad memory yeah yeah i always think about that good like sure are we upset that our shit got stolen it got figured out in the end like we worked out everybody's alive yeah like we're all okay like nothing placed at some point yeah like exactly like we're all okay um, thankfully my dad was able to get some medicine very quickly, like within the next two days and he was fine. But I just look back at that memory and I'm like, wow, like if you know my siblings, we get into arguments all the time, or at least we would. And this was just like a precious moment in time that I just look back and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just feel like I overshared. No, that was a good story, especially to start out with. Yeah. <sighs> Shouldn't have started out with a quote of the week if we didn't want to get so deep so quick. But I did want to say that whoever the fuck you were, bitch, <laughs> K, we turned you into bitch the authorities. K. And apparently in Mexico, at least where our town's from, they still abide by the old laws. So, like, if you steal, you get your hands chopped <gasps> off. So it was it was more or not implied to us that he will be taken care of. Because he went into the same festivities where we were at and he was actually show oh they, and they stole my dad's phone. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Hmm. He was showing off the phone and the cash that he had stolen. Dumb. And so people knew who he was. Like yeah. people were like, "Bro, like you're you're poor as fuck. Yeah. How do you have this brand new iPhone?" Yeah. And so um my aunt was the mayor at the time, rest in peace. And um, we told her what happened, and she was just like, "They got him. I have no authority over what happens, but just to let you know, like, they'll take care. They of it. deal with it how they deal with it." And um, whew, fuck you, dude. Anyway, on a lighter note. <sighs> On a lighter note, I have a funny story about Cash. Okay, please. (laughs) So, (laughs) Cash has decided on his own that it's time to start potty training at 18 months. Is that not good? It is good, but we just didn't expect it this soon. How, like, when did you expect it? Well, so I've read that there's a few things you, like, check off the list of, like, knowing when your kid's ready. And, like, one of those things is being able to say or signal that they want to go to the bathroom. Like being able to use the word potty or showing interest in 
using the Pawnee and stuff like that. Um, but apparently in the Montessori standards, and if you don't know what Montessori is, you can look it up. It's like, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's just, a kind of like a standard of parenting that's more on like letting your child be independent, you know, training them and teaching them to do things young to be more independent. And it, it helps them like throughout their childhood or whatever. And amongst other things, I didn't really do that information justice, but basically amongst Montessori standards, there's a sweet spot between 12 and 18 months of which your child could show you signs that they're ready to potty train. And if they are, you want to like jump on that and actually do it because if not, you could wait, if you wait too long, it could be hard. Mm. Um, so anyway, <laughs> this weekend, this past weekend, oh, sorry, this past weekend, he learned how to take off his diaper. And he's taken off his diaper before months ago, but it was like a, a one-off situation. Like somehow he got it off and it never happened again. But now he's constantly pulling at the tabs, trying to take his diaper off. <sighs> if we tell him to stop, he'll stop for a second and then he'll try to take it off again. Um, if I put it on backwards, he still insists on trying to get it off. He, like I put it on backwards so that he can't reach the tabs. Yeah. But he still will like yank on it and try to pull it off. That same day, I put shorts on him to, like, cover the tabs so that he couldn't get to them. And he figured out how to take his shorts off, <gasps> which he never knew how to do before. Oh and gosh. being able to take pants off is another sign that you were ready for potty <clears throat> training. Um, so, yeah. And so, like, some people would say, like, put it on backwards. Some people would say switch to pull-ups because they don't have the tabs. Mm -hmm. But if you figured out how to pull shorts off, he's going to figure out how to pull paper. For or, sure. You know, pull-ups off. So, um, after consulting with other moms on the internet, they're like, yeah, you should probably go ahead and jump on this. I'm all like, oh my gosh, we were not prepared for this. We were not ready. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's a good thing that like Travis is home with him all day so that he can like work on it with him. And yeah, that's really, but, good. yeah, it's kind of funny because, <laughs> um, the day that he, I was like putting on backwards and he's like, starts yanking on it. Literally, he gets to the point where he's pulled the diaper all the way down, but the tabs are still wrapped around his waist. So you can see his butt cheeks, <laughs> but he still has the diaper like partially on. Like Actually, assless chaps. <laughs> I have a photo for you. I'm not going to show everybody, but it's pretty funny. Um. <laughs> what the way? See the tabs from where? And so he pulled. But it's diaper. completely off, though, basically. Yeah, except the tabs oh. are still attached right there. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, he's and so then, funny. Those are some strong ass tabs. Before I put it on backwards, <laughs> fully off. <laughs> so right after that incident of me putting it on backwards and him still trying to yank it off, I was like, "All right, let's go sit on the potty then. Let's see what happens." And he peed in the potty the first time. The first it, try. Does he have his own potty or mm -hmm. like? Yeah, he has what? his own potty. He's like, "I've been ready for this, mom." I know, and but since then he hasn't used it. Okay. So, but we'll keep working on it. We're gonna be very like laid back about it we're not going to really force it but it's just kind of funny that he was like hey by the way we're potty training now <laughs> in case you didn't know it's time to potty train oh my god yeah that's so exciting and then well and then like his naps have been all weird too and usually when like their naps or their sleep is off it's either like they're teething or they're going through a developmental like leap like something's happening with their development and today he didn't take a nap so at all so... Travis said he fell asleep for like five minutes, and then when he tried to put <gasps> him down, he woke back up. 
So hopefully he's asleep he's like, now. I'm going through changes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my god, he's so, such a such a big kid. He is such a big kid. I was just we were sitting in the living room today, and I'm like, you realize this is a whole person right here, like yes. this, and he's tall too. So it's like he just keeps getting taller. And I'm like, how's that? How's this dude my kid? This dude right here. How is he my kid? He was in you. He he grew in me. Yeah. He came out of you. For 10 months, he grew in me. Yeah. Wild. Bruh. Some women don't feel that association at all. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to feel it after, like, they're already born. Because, like, so much has happened since he's been born that it's, like, I barely remember my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But, like, as my pregnancy was happening, I was, like, really soaking it in enjoying it and taking note of every moment. But then once they're born, it's, like erased because it's like they're now they're a person and yeah. now you learn who they are as a person and not as like this baby growing inside yeah, yeah. you and really when you're pregnant it's more about like you being pregnant and not about like there's a baby inside me i mean it, it is it about, is but it is but it, it's more like the focus is more on like how i feel as a pregnant lady and they don't have a personality like, they don't have a personality they don't have a name yet mm-hmm. you know so anyway yeah I was thinking about that when you were here on um, Tuesday. I was trying to play ping pong with Kelsey or just do anything. And she was like, hang on, where's my kid? Yeah. Hang on, where's my kid? Literally, I would hit the ball, eyes on cash. Hit the ball, eyes on cash. Oh, he's running. I got to go. You know, like, I I probably won't bring him back to any parties again unless it's in the backyard. Because I just have to chase after him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was just like, damn, like. And normally, like, Travis is cool with me, like, just coming to gatherings and he'll keep cash at home. Because, like, Travis is kind of, like, likes being at home and chilling at home and, like, on the game and stuff. Have a good dinner or whatever. But uh, he had a rough week this week and this, like, this weekend. So I was like, you know, I'll just take cash. I'll come home because I, I work that day. I'm like, I'll come home. I'll take cash with me. And then I'll bring him back right before bedtime so he can just put him back. And I actually planned on coming back. But I was so exhausted from chasing him around. I'm like, no, I'm not going back. I want to go home, take a cold shower. And I was sweaty and hot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll take a cold shower and go to bed. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, it took a while for us to get him to sleep, though, because of the fireworks. Shout out to the parents, because I, I know y'all was going through it on Tuesday. Yeah, it was really rough, Bowen. It was rough. <laughs> Me, as a parent. Yeah. I was going to say... um, it's kind of hard because we want you to bring cash. Like, we mm-hmm. want to be around cash. I know. And I know but you guys want to like, see him. You guys yeah. are always asking, like, where's cash? Um, and I always tell you guys, like, I'm not going to have any fun if I bring him. Because then I'm the only person in this whole party who's responsible for him. And so I have to constantly, like, yeah. the places, if it was inside, the place is not childproof. So I have to constantly make sure of that. You guys have a dog. We're not so sure how he is with kids. So, like, I'm worried about that. And, like, it was out in the front yard. Yeah. So, like, he's running down the street or running there into fireworks. the street. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like. I get it. I, I tell them all the time. And they're like, well, why didn't you bring cash? Like, because I want to have fun. <laughs> this is <laughs> about me. This is about me having fun. And I'm not going to have fun if I bring cash here. Yeah. Of course, like, he goes to events and stuff. But just not going to be all the time. <laughs> I think we're starting to notice that, like, our friends with kids, like, they tend to leave early. Mm-hmm. They tend to not do a whole lot of stuff when they're here. But, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, I we, left at, we like, 8.30 on Tuesday. Yeah. It wasn't even dark yet. It was not. Yeah, it really wasn't. No. He, I could tell he was getting tired. And, like, there's a window. If you're a parent, you know this. Angelica lives eight minutes from me, okay? If I waited too long to take cash home and I put him in his car seat and drove him eight minutes down the road, he would have fallen asleep in that car seat and then he would have been up for another couple hours. 
because I would I would have then had to wake him up because he would not stay asleep from the car seat to his bed. And then I would have had to also change his diaper and, you know. So it's like you have a window of like, okay, they're starting to get tired. Now it's time to go. We can't wait until they're too tired. He didn't fall asleep on the car ride home? Well, no. that's too short, so. Yeah, it was only eight minutes, luckily. If it was like 30 minutes, he probably would have fell asleep. I probably wouldn't have even taken him. Or I would have asked somebody to ride with me so that I could keep, like, they could be in the backseat with him and keep him awake. Mm -hmm. But to be extra sure he wasn't going to go to sleep, I gave him my phone with Miss Rachel on it. Miss Rachel, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> and he stayed awake the whole ride home, so. And he was ready for bed soon after that. He, he actually fell asleep soon after that, but then the fireworks kept waking him up, so. Oh, yeah, poor baby. We had two we had the the house like ac fan on for like three hours like we set it to three hours which probably ran up a bunch of electricity but i didn't care for that night and a fan outside of his room his tv had white noise on we had the overhead fan on the stove in the kitchen which is only two rooms away from his room on wow. and white noise on the living room tv which is on the other side of his room oh my god just to try to drown out the fireworks because i mean the fireworks were shaking our house that's how much like heavy fireworks people were going off and i'm like if they, these people only knew like did they get louder this year am i like losing my mind my problem they is, sound like fucking bombs yeah well and out here like further closer to rural area <gasps> it's more shooting than oh. it is fireworks what? and you can do bigger fireworks out here too I think that's why I was like, why does it sound so loud? Well, and like some, like I, I heard like shotguns going off. Those are really loud, especially if it was like a 50 caliber, it would be really fucking loud and like vibrate like yeah. boom, you know? Yeah. And that's a lot of what we were hearing. And we live even closer to the rural area than you do. So it's like, ours were like, oh, it's just insane. We can stop going off on and on about fireworks, but it'd be better when he's older. But as he's a baby, yeah, it's tough. We needed him to go to sleep so he's not cranky the next day. And so mommy and daddy aren't cranky the next day. I had oh. to work the next morning. So, anywho, we should probably get into the topic now that we're 23 <laughs> minutes in. Oh, okay. All right. In case y'all forgot, we're talking about OCD. Yes, ma'am. So, tell tell them what your therapist told you about your OCD, like the OCD personality traits or whatever like tell tell us about that well i'll start i'll do you one better i'll okay. start from my childhood okay okay before i even knew what ocd was or what the fuck i was even doing so when i was a kid i'd have to say like in my preteens, maybe 10 to 12 per se maybe even a little bit older okay when i was a kid i used to have like these quirks where I would like press on each of my fingers and I would just go back and forth like that. Like I would be in class, I would just be doing this with my fingers. Like I would tap my thumb to each finger and it had to be on the same finger on each hand. Like I just did that on and on and on, like for hours at a time, I would just do that. Um, everything had to be even, uh, the noise, like anything with a, with a noise or like the radio or anything, it had to be on an even number. Back then, it used to be, like, all about even. Mm -hmm. If I had a cookie, I couldn't just have one cookie. I had to have two cookies. Um, so just, like, things like that or just, like, things around my room where, like, I knew where everything was placed and that's where it was. Like, that's where it went. And if it moved, it would bother me so much that I would have to move it. But back then, like, 
you're a kid, you kind of really think twice about it. You, I have figured everyone has like shit like this. Like everyone mm-hmm. probably does some weird crap like that. And then it, well, and it doesn't help that people are like, oh, my OCD is so bad. I blah, 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 blah. So let's get that straight now. Like wanting this picture frame to be perfectly centered I'm is not OCD. Oh, well, there's a picture frame up here if you can't see it. That's not OCD. You're being particular about things. You maybe have control issues. You maybe even are on the spectrum, depending on the level of that particularity. Particularity. I don't think that's a word. I just made it up. But that's not OCD. If Angelica needed this frame to be straight, and if it's not, she can't sleep. She can't leave the house. She can't have a conversation with someone until it's straightened. That's OCD. Because it's like a constant thought in your head of like it has to be straight or something bad's gonna happen it has to be straight it has to be straight it has to be straight or she straightens it and turns around and then doesn't believe that she actually straightened it understand okay yes so i guess it was never really brought to my attention until someone called me out on it so it probably got when i what my about me no it was my parents okay i was like no, no, no. Did I, was I the Colorado-er? <laughs> Colorado-er? <laughs> was I the Colorado-er? <laughs> no, it, it became something that I started doing in my teen years that I still do to this day. I, I'm a checker. So when what I learned when I was in college in OCD, there's the three Cs. There's the checking and the cleaning and the counting. Mm-hmm. So my thing was uh, checking and counting. So that would mean I have to count to a certain number I would count certain things to add to a number and then checking multiple times so like checking to make sure the door was locked checking to make sure my car was locked uh, my door like any any like my bedroom door like anything that I needed to be locked or checked or the stove I needed to check it multiple times um and, and what would happen if you didn't check it I would have like this well first of all it's the intrusive thoughts that come into your head it's almost like have you ever seen that movie? Um, oh, it's it's the guy from Key and Peele. I'm not gonna remember this. It's Keegan basically Michael, Keegan Michael Key or Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, sorry, it's a Jordan Peele movie. It came out like in 2018, 2019, where like everyone had a double of themselves. Like one was like mm-hmm. normal, one was evil. What's yeah. that movie called? Uh, Us. Us. Yeah. Yes, it's like that. It's like here's your normal person. You go and lock the door. That's locked. You turn around. A voice in your head pops up like, you didn't lock that. Are you sure you locked that? Go Are you ahead. sure about that? Are you sure, Are you about, sure that? about that? <laughs> Go ahead and check it again. Mm-hmm. You check it again. You tell yourself. Like, I literally speak to myself either in my mind or I say it out loud. And saying it out loud has helped me a lot. It is closed. It is locked. It is off. I'll turn around. It'll happen again. But what if you didn't? What if the stove's on and you burn down your house and it'll all be on you. Mm-hmm. What if you didn't lock your door and there's an intruder that day and steals all your stuff? What if you didn't lock your car door and someone steals your car? You are forced to turn back around and check it as many times to quiet the voice. And if you don't, it'll cause like panic. Well, I, it's hard for me to do that. Like yeah. I can't, there's been times there, where there is no I don't. Yeah, there is no I don't. Yeah. Like I, I uh, there'll be times where I'm like, no, I closed it. I closed it. I know I closed it. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and I'll get around the corner and it'll win. Like it'll, it'll always win. Nope. I'm turning back around and checking one more time because it doesn't hurt to check. Mm -hmm. Except to make you late or. Yes. So, um, my parents noticed it. My, my mom noticed it. I think it was first because I was checking the door so often that it started becoming loose. And she would be like, what, why do you do that? Like, why do you, why do you check so often? Like you lock the door, you know, it's locked. You see it's locked. Why do you keep checking it? I'm like, mom, it's not enough for me to turn the knob and look at it and see that it's closed. I have to touch it. Like I have to shake it a couple times. Like I, I can't. Yeah. And she'd be like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just something I do. And I didn't think anything about it. And then it kept happening for years to the point where she was like, okay, either you stop doing that or you're paying for like a replacement for the doorknob. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, dang, do I do it that often? Like, is it really me like loosening up the doorknob? Am I the drama? <laughs> Am I Am the, I the drama? drama? I don't think I'm I don't the drama. Think I'm the, yeah, I was like, I don't <laughs> think I'm the drama. And then I'm like, well, shit, like, I guess I do, huh? Like, I, I do this a lot. And then it became noticeable to my dad when I would do it to my cars. I wouldn't just beep once. I, I, I would check the handles. I would beep, 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 Like our dial-up sound. I'd go inside. Beep, 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 beep. And then. And my dad's the one that noticed that. And he was like, hold up. Like, I do that too. I check my car multiple times. And I always make sure everything's locked multiple times. I was like, what? For real? And that's when I found out that OCD is hereditary. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was hereditary. OCD is hereditary. Damn, all these mental illnesses being hereditary. Supposed to be hereditary. <laughs> We're supposed to be breaking cycles. It's supposed to be hereditary-less. <laughs> yes. yes. So, so yeah. So then um, I realized later that it was hereditary. Yeah. And um, once I got a clear picture on what was going on with me... I figured he also had OCD. Yeah. Um, damn, what did I say after that? Okay, so we were like comparing notes. Like, okay, what do you do? Okay, I do this and I do that. And it was, yeah. some things were, were very similar. And so I went on to college. And if, like some of you may or may not know, I used to be a psychology major. No, sociology major. Ooh, good thing you caught that the second time. Yeah, a sociology major. Um, and um there was this one class where we learned about mental illness and each week was like a different topic. And one of the topics for that week was OCD. And we would have like a discussion board. We would have to like respond to three other people or whatever. Mm-hmm. We did. So in this class, I um, met a girl or, you know, through the class who her OCD, she had actually been diagnosed with OCD since she was in kindergarten and she has the cleaning one. So she would wash her hands so often that they would, her skin would be peeling. They'd be broke. It'd be broken skin everywhere, causing her so much pain. She'd bleed out that they had to put gloves on her mm-hmm. so that she would not do it. Yeah. Like she just, it, it, she just couldn't like not yeah. do it. So yeah, they put gloves on her. And um, I remember I talked to her. I was like, so like, what other things would people need to be, uh, need to do? If they were to be diagnosed with, you know, yeah. OCD. So, yeah. like, you know, I was dancing around the topic. Yeah, I was yeah. in the closet then. And um, <laughs> and so I was asking her, and she was like, yeah, I talked to my therapist. My therapist. Therapist about it. And, like, really, it's just, she told me that she knew of, I mean, it's just medication. But 
it hasn't really helped her a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, put that in the back of my mind. Yeah. And then what did you say after that? Oh, I was saying that I have a coworker. Oh, yeah. I have a coworker who I believe has OCD. It's pretty apparent. And his is cleaning and checking. And that's hard for him because he's a pharmacist. He's responsible for checking people's medications before it goes to them. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Just like me when I work with bank. He's like, this is my responsibility. I have to take it very seriously. And he does. He's a great pharmacist because of it. But also, he has like dry, cracked hands all the time. And I was just saying the story that we just moved to a new building. And we didn't know that we didn't have hot water until like the fourth day being there. Because that was his first day working. And he was like trying to wash his hands and was waiting forever for the hot water to come on. It never came on. I just stand there like. And he was like asking us like, you guys didn't notice there's no hot water? And we're like, no, we just been washing our hands in cold water. Like we just thought it's going to take forever to warm up. So we're just not going to wait for it. We're just going to wash our hands and move on. And so it was kind of funny that he was like, and he was making a joke of it too. He's a jokester. So like, even if we do talk about his like quirks and his like OCD tendencies, like he kind of jokes with us about it, but um, he, he, we were just talking about with the hot water, like his hands are always dry and cracked. And I found out during COVID that it's not really about the temperature of water. It's more about, um, the length of time that you're using the soap and you're using the right soap. Um, because people during COVID were, their hands were getting all dry and cracked from washing their hands all the time. And people like there are articles coming out saying like, you can wash your hands in cold water. it will be better for like the dryness of your hands or not dryness of your hands if you do it that way so but yeah we didn't know we didn't have hot water and of course they came out and fixed it but he probably thought you were crazy like he's like y'all haven't been using hot water <laughs> I'm like yeah but it's fine we've still been using soap that really is so funny like yeah just what? not something we were thinking about not something that occurred to us oh my god anyway so we uh, found out in college yeah yeah so I started doing my own research on the side, but I was almost like scared to admit that I had a problem or that it was as bad as it was because the more research I did, it was more on like, you know, if it's not impeding you from living your daily life, then it's really not that big of a deal, which it wasn't like, I mean, sure. My 10 minutes extra late that I usually would be, or sure. Am I breaking the doorknob on my mom's door? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I was going to say, well, people are 10 minutes late for other things all the time, but then you were like, am I breaking the doorknob? <laughs> sure. sure. Do I have to replace the doorknob every month? Whatever. <laughs> Do I have to consistently replace my, um, key fob? My key fob battery? Now that's expensive. Sure. Okay. <laughs> like, now do I have object permanency? Of course. Um, Are all the buttons on her key fob rubbed off? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, can I not leave the house until unless I do certain things? Absolutely. Um, but it's not keeping you from yeah. relationships. It's not keeping you from your job. It's not causing you to be unhappy. Yeah. It's just kind of a quirk in your life right now. And there's a spectrum, just like like the autism spectrum, just like uh, ADHD spectrum, like. People experience it in different ways and different severities. And so, like, you're saying it's not it's not bothering your life. Yeah, it's not, like, not enough to be able to have to be on medication for it. And, like, my mom didn't know about it until, like, just a few years ago. Like, that's how bottled up I kept it. Like, I didn't yeah. really tell anyone. I just, it, it was almost, like, embarrassing. Like, I can't trust my own mind. Like, yeah. what's happening? Why do I get these 
intrusive thoughts that are telling me otherwise. Well, so when I can clearly see, how did we start talking about it? Like I pointed it out, and you didn't. I like one time you were over, and I'm like, you were saying something about it, and I was like, you know that's OCD, right? Like that's like pretty clearly OCD. Think, I'm not like trying to like yeah, yeah, couch yeah. diagnose you, but I think I was just so complacent in my life, and that's just the way it was that I stopped noticing it. I stopped. Like or stop trying to hide it. it. Yeah, because I'm yeah. just like it is what it is. Like that's just how I am. Yeah. Oh well. Well, and, and it like, wasn't until you were coming over to my house that I live in now when it was like. I think beep, everyone beep, beep, beep. everyone picked up on the car thing. Yeah. For like that's the first thing you notice about me is I will. That I think maybe I like pointed that out and then you were telling me, well, yeah, I also do this and I also do that, which you'll tell us about. And when was that? Like a year ago. A couple of years ago. A I would say years ago. yeah, I would say a couple of years ago. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That's like OCD, right? Like. Well, that's when basically like bad anxiety. (laughs) Oh, oh, because two years ago, no, in 2019, 2019-2020, I was diagnosed with anxiety. So Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what sparked it. Like, hang on a minute. Like, not only do I have anxiety, but it's causing, because OCD is caused by anxiety. Yes, it is. It is rooted in anxiety and Mm -hmm. fear. And so I'm like, hold on a second. Like... Maybe this is related to my OCD and this is why I have OCD or because it's funny because I'll have like, um, it comes in waves. It'll get worse for some things and lighten up on other things. Mm -hmm. So like back then it used to be like, before I go to bed, I'd have to count and check my four most expensive possessions. So like my engagement ring, my phone, my uh, key fob and been so long I don't even remember my wallet mm-hmm. like these are the four things that I had to count and I had to physically touch them tell us about how you would count them or what you would say to yourself I, well I don't know the old saying but the, the saying I have now is one two three there's my ring mm-hmm. and then sometimes they they do rhyme or just like I'll say like a tune like that in the morning but is I, it like that you do the rhyme so that you remember to say it and remember to count it no I just have to do it mm-hmm. In the mornings when I leave the house, I look at my garage, I look at my front door, and I say, close, close, bye-bye house, every morning. I've witnessed this <laughs> when we left the house together. Yes. And um, you have to, like, look at Bolin multiple times. Yes. Yeah, so it, it didn't start off that way. Like, I was okay with closing the door on my dog, and that's fine. But now, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm stuck there. Yeah. And I don't even, sometimes, that, that's a new quirk that has, that's a new ritual that I started. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. I see Bolin. I know he's inside the house. I'm about to lock the door. And like, if he looks away from me while I'm saying bye, I have to start over. Like I have to start my, he's a good boy. Like, yeah. I see you later. I love you. Have a good day. And then it's just, I, I'm just, I'm literally stuck I there. I haven't figured that one out yet. I haven't figured that one out. Like, how do I get this to go away? Yeah. And a combination like, what's the of, reason? Like, what's the basis of, what's the fear that's, that's, like, because we know what the fear is with your with your valuables, right? It's yeah. losing them. But Belen's in the house. Where else could he be? Like, are you worried that he escaped when you opened the door? Yes. Then that's the basis yeah. of it. And, well, no, no. Now it's candles. Now it's, like, blinds being open. Um, Literally, the blinds are wide open right now. But I will, I will close them before I go to sleep. Yeah. Like it, when we first moved in, Bolin would do my ritual with me. Like he would walk around with me, and I did it so much that he literally would just leave me. He's like, okay, I'm going to bed. He's like, all right, much. all right. It's, it's, <laughs> okay, lady, it's getting late. Yeah. So now it's just been 
like I said, first it was um, the counting, and now it's more like checking. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and it, um, it just it is what it is. And um, so yeah, going to my therapist, I decided to open up about it and tell her what I'd been feeling. And I remember when you told me that you told her you're like. Okay, so I think I have OCD. You just, like, drop this bomb on her, and she's oh, yeah. like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Like, we have never gone this far. I was done with small talk with her. Like, I just, I had, I was tired of talking about my anxiety. Like, anxiety, yeah. sh anxiety. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to take your medication. Like, I just, I, for me, there are other things that calm my anxiety before I decide to take medication. And I feel like that was always a push take medicine and I don't want to do that so I finally like, you know what Barbara I'm gonna lay it on you okay I got I, I think I got OCD <laughs> and so yeah she was like well and I wondered like how many people come to her and they're like I think I have OCD but well, it's like really not that was so funny because she was like why do you think that yeah and I laid down years worth of research I know you're probably <laughs> like I know you think I'm bullshitting you right now I know but I was like, here I'm about to are the I was like, this is what I do. And I was like, and I know I do that because of this and then yeah. this and this. And I was like connecting the dots for her. You're like that meme with the, the string <laughs> No, literally, I was like, and yeah. I do this and then yeah. this happens here. And then when I do that. So, you know, yeah. she starts asking me like the usual questions, like, you know, what would happen if you don't do it? And I told her, like, I get this overwhelming fear, this overwhelming sense of anxiety. Like, I can't move. I physically cannot walk away until this is done. Like, I, I, I will not go to sleep. Even if I'm in bed and those intrusive thoughts come back, I will get up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... Does it ever happen in the middle of the night? Like, you've already been asleep and, like, you get up to pee and then you have that thought again. You have to do it again. Very few and far between, but not really. Mm -hmm. Not not really. Um, but if I've only been asleep a couple hours, I'll, I'll do it all over yeah. again. Uh, but, yeah, so then I started, you know, she was asking those questions, like... Well, what happened if you didn't do it? Um, she asked me, like, how do you feel afterwards? And I, I told her, like, relief. Yeah. Like, I feel like, okay, I'm good to go. I'm ready to start my day. Like, let's do this. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm ready to do this. Whatever the next step is, I'm ready for it. Like, I, I, I did what I had to do. Let's go. I think this would be a good moment to say, like, in the, o in the OC, like, if you have OCD, there is a cycle, just like when we talked about trauma bonding. Yes, I want to post it. Where you are addicted to the relief that you feel after doing the ritual. So, you know, as the day goes on and you're getting around to this part of the cycle where you're starting to feel anxious, you're starting to have intrusive thoughts, you feel like you need to perform the ritual, you're just going to continue to get more and more anxious. So the only thing to do is to do the ritual and feel the relief. So then it's a continuous cycle. And there was a TV show I told you about called Obsessed, and A&E did it, of course, because they do TV shows about everything. And they only need a one-word title, apparently. Obsessed, accused, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, and they, they followed people that had OCD, like really, really bad OCD. I mean, like, don't leave their house, don't have relationships you know, like keeping them from doing yeah, I've met people, basic life things. Yeah, I've met people with like more intricate rituals. Like yeah. mine are just like small little sayings, like, yeah. you know, going around the room, touching things, but like, it's yeah. not. Yeah. So on that show, job. the way that they help them is they feel like the only way to help is immersion therapy. So causing them to, or making them sit in the anxiety feeling as long as it takes until it starts to go away. Oh, and it eventually no. does. And if you watch the show, you'll see that it does work. It sucks and you're in a panic for like two, three, four minutes, but eventually it comes back down if you just let it 
do its thing. Like if you just let your body realize that you're safe and nothing's going to happen, nothing bad's going to happen, then your then your body retrains itself. Neurons that wire to, neurons that fire together wire together. Or is it the other way around? Neurons that fire together wire together. I think it's the first one. That wire together, fire together. Fire together. To be honest, I've never heard that. Basically, you just retrain. <laughs> you just told me what it was. So like, I don't know. Wires first. I'll have to post the quote for that. But basically, it's like, if you you can retrain your brain, basically. Um, that's what um, EMDR therapy does. It retrains your brain to file away bad thoughts in different places so that they can be more logical and less um, based in like feeling and fear. But anyway, I'll get off about that. That's a good show that I'll recommend. It's on Hulu. So I just want to give a quick little rundown. I know we talk about me personally, but, you know, if you think you have this. So, like, we've been talking about a lot of obsessions and compulsions, right? So obsessions often have themes to them such as fear of contamination or dirt, doubting and having difficulty tolerating uncertainty, needing things orderly and symmetrical. I also have that. Mm -hmm. Um, aggressive or horrific thoughts about losing control and harming yourself or others sometimes. Not not often, thank God. But I have some information about intrusive thoughts, so we'll go back to that. Um, and then unwanted thoughts, including aggression or sexual or religious subjects. Mm-hmm. So some examples of obsession signs and symptoms include fear of being contaminated by touching objects others have touched, doubts that you've locked the door or turned off the stove, intense stress when objects aren't orderly or facing a certain way, images of driving your car into a crowd of people, not a crowd of people, but I would love to ram my car into another car sometime. <laughs> I just have this, like, what would happen if I just... Like, what would it be like? Yeah, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts about shouting, obscenities, or acting inappropriately in public, unpleasant sexual images, avoidance of situation that can trigger obsessions, such as shaking hands. Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to say about intrusive thoughts, unless you have something about that. No, that pretty much gets it. So I saw a TikTok about this girl talking about intrusive thoughts and how, like, because we all know that there's, like, a stigma. Not a stigma, but it, it's OCD is a term that's thrown around without meaning, right? Um, So OCD because, like, I just need everything to be perfect, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. It's not OCD if it's not, if you don't have intrusive thoughts about it. Like, if you don't fix it, you can't go to sleep, like I was explaining earlier. But another thing that people don't understand with intrusive thoughts, and I didn't really know the depth of this until I saw this TikTok video, is like, there are really, really, really bad intrusive thoughts. Like, what if I pick up this knife and stab her in the throat? Even though I know I don't want to do that, they intrusive thoughts are unwanted thoughts. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm in the room with my friends and someone loses their wallet. A, a thought in my mind goes, could that have been you? Did you steal their wallet? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Of course, you know you didn't. But yeah. Your brain is like, you probably did. They're going to be sure about person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so, another thing that people. Oh my God, think, I'm really about to cry because of that. People on oh TikTok, God. well, we'll talk about that because that's a whole other part of it. Oh, God. Um, people on TikTok will be like, oh, I let my intrusive thoughts win and I went ahead and cut my hair at 3 a.m. I did say that when I posted about me going skydiving, but there wasn't a true yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, but people think that oh, because but that's not because you're tr- you're like your head's telling you you should cut your hair at three a.m. That's like that's really not an intrusive thought because an intrusive thought is like an unwanted thought, a thought you do not want to have, such as pedophilia. Not like I want to touch little boys, but like 
I'm walking down the sidewalk and I smile at a little boy and then I'm like, you freaking pedophile. Why would you smile at that little Or like there's religious intrusive thoughts and there's a whole separate kind of OCD. I forgot what it's called. It has a funny name. Do you have it? Mm -mm. Let me look it up really quick. I'll look it up on my phone. Um, hold on. It has a funny name. For religious? Yes. Um, I told you about it last time I was here. Um, here it is. Scrupulosity. Scrupulosity OCD. That is a funny name. Um, but basically it's like, it's rooted in the fear of being punished by God. So like, oh, if I thought of a bad word in my head, like God's going to strike me down or I'm going to go to hell or whatever. But it's like a really intense fear. Not like, oh, I'm probably going to hell. You know, like it's an intense fear of being struck down by God, being denied by God, going to hell, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that's why it was so important for me to get a diagnosis because yeah, like you said, OCD is thrown around so like nonchalantly mm -hmm. that people, when they're like, oh, my OCD acts up, I'm like, oh my God, you have OCD? And they're like, yeah, like, if this isn't like this, then I get upset. Yeah. And I'm like... Okay, but have you lost sleep over it? Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. Have you been like, late to work because of it? Does it impede you from your personal life? Well, no. Are you having like, problems I with your relationships? I just don't like it that way. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so it's very important for me to get a diagnosis, which is why I decided to finally open up to my therapist okay. about it. Um, and then I left her hanging because I ordered 500 bucks. Well, 400. Oh yeah. Anyway. Um, she was like, I'll never know the ending. <laughs> yeah, so like, I just wanted to cliffhanger. Really, really quickly point out that- <laughs> You are the drama. You left her on a cliffhanger. <laughs> no wonder she wanted to be like, what's going on? Like, yeah. what, what happened like yeah. that? Gremlin with this for years, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, there's really not a whole lot you can do with OCD. And like Kelsey said, it just depends on the severity and how much it really stops you from living your daily life. But I mean, you can always go to cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I'm thinking about doing with mm -hmm. Barbara when I get back in there. And just talking about it, kind of, you said like working through the anxiety, feeling yeah. the anxiety. And that was one, one of the exercises she wants me to try is just, just see let, what happens. Yeah, like I have so many things if I would have stopped doing all of them, I literally would not be able to leave my house. Yeah. But she told me, like, just let go of one thing. Yeah. Start just small. Start small. One thing. Maybe when you leave the house, you don't say bye-bye house. Yeah. And just see how far, like, even if, it, if you have to turn around, like, see how far you can get to work. Right. <laughs> I haven't done it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, on my next list. That's on another uh, day. <laughs> yeah. So there's also medication, which I've looked into this. So selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors uh -huh. um it's usually it's usually used to treat um depression but it can also help yeah. with ocd i actually wrote a note down about that um that there are studies that show that ocd is based in uh serotonin deficiency which would make sense because it's based in anxiety mm -hmm. anxiety is a serotonin deficiency um or is based in a serotonin deficiency um, hold on, let me find the notes really quick. I mean, you can keep talking if you want. Um, so yeah, so like if you know someone with OCD, like just support them. Like I'll, I'll ask my friends or my fiance and be like, did I lock that? Did I close that? Mm -hmm. And honest to God, it helps me. Like, it's like their voice is stronger than my own. Their voice You believe more than you believe yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if someone tells me, yes, you did, I saw you, were like, yes, you did. Yeah. I'll be like, cool. Like, I can move on. Yeah. 
sometimes they will fuck with me and be like, no, you didn't. You might want to go check that again. Which I'm like, no, seriously. Like, it, it, I can't. I don't do that. Um, and now I'm reading that it could be related to body dysmorphic disorder. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. I don't want to get into that. We can skip that for now. We can save it for another. Um, oh, look. I have it right here, too. <laughs> I just want to talk about the differences between the It's also related to hair pulling disorder, yep. hoarding disorder, yep. skin picking disorder. Yep. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the last things I just want to talk about are just the difference between OCD tendencies and OCD personality. Yes. Yes, tell us about that. So, uh, when I was talking to my therapist, she was asking me questions again to try to diagnose me. And she started asking me questions like, okay, you look at my desk and it's super messy. Like, what do you think about that? And I would respond to her, well, that's not my desk, so I don't care. Mm -hmm. And so she started asking me questions like that. Like, what would happen if you walked into a room and things weren't necessarily how you would have it? How would you feel? Or if you see your friend not lock the door, like, how, how would that make you feel? And I would respond with, like, I don't care. Like, that has nothing to do with me. Like, my brain doesn't go off. Like, it doesn't. There are no intrusive thoughts there. We rarely ever lock our door. You are fucking nuts. I will judge you, but like I can't. But it's not gonna make you. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna override. Like, like move. I need to lock this door. Yeah, it's not like that. And so what it boils down to is, so there's a difference between OCD, which is like the OCD tendencies, and OCPD, so obsessive compulsion personality disorder. So she has diagnosed me with OCD, not OCPD. So the difference, the major difference um, between OCD tendencies and OCPD is where they're rooted at. So like kind of how we talked about OCD is rooted in anxiety and fear-based, whereas OCPD is rooted in anger. Oh. So, which I learned that that's new to me. Um, kind of like how she was saying, like if I were to see a messy desk or- In control. Are, Yes. Yes. Would that bother me? No. Well, people with OCPD, they would get frustrated. Right. And, and they would need to be in control of the yes. situation. Yes. And they go based off where like mine would be fueled with fear. Theirs would be fueled with a moral compass. Mm -hmm. So like this is the right oh. way. You're doing it the wrong way. It's black and white for them. Yes. It's this way or you're doing it it's wrong. It's clean or it's dirty. Exactly. There's no between. Exactly. Like. I don't know, super random. Uh, the blender needs to be right next to the fridge. And if it's not there, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And they would walk into anyone's house and they would physically move it themselves mm -hmm. because they are mad that it's not where they would have had it. Right. And they need the control over the space. Yes. Yeah. So that's the major difference between OCD and OCPD. Mm -hmm. um, Dan, I guess that's all, huh? I also wanted to make note, I didn't know this, that um, there is postpartum OCD. The fuck is that? So after you have a baby, you oh my God, the more really I bad OCD, which could no. be like, it's really mostly like intrusive thoughts, like feeling like you can't care for your child because you're like, you're not like, what if you do this or what if you do that? The intrusive thoughts Dude, of that. That's my biggest fear. Like after you have kids, having well, not my OCD. biggest fear, but my <laughs> my biggest fear is having children. <laughs> my biggest fear, my biggest fear when it comes to having kids is like, how am I OCD? Is it gonna get worse? Yeah. Well, it's time to start working on it. No, thank you. <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot. Okay, go ahead. Remind me to talk about. This. No, that's all I was gonna say. I just wanted to note that so that if anyone, any of our listeners, has ever 
experienced this, but only experienced it after having a child. And they're kind of confused about that. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. There is postpartum OCD too. And I didn't know about that. So, so yeah. So I think the first step, if, like I said, I kind of just learned to live with it and just not really think twice about it. It became who I was. Like it was my personality trait. Like, Oh, I, would, I just do those things. Yeah. But upon doing research and, like, opening up to Kelsey, like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, I need to speak up. And so if you're, you know, if you think you have it or you relate to what we talked about, like, I'm a good diagnosis and just see what they tell you. It could just bring you comfort just knowing that that's what you have. Because for the longest, I was just like, that's just who I am. Well, and then you can find a community of people that can relate with you. Like, you were saying that you talked to that girl and you were like it like opened up your brain like oh whoa God. i'm i'm not the only person who does this or like you know for me when i found out when i figured out that i have adhd it was actually a blessing because it was like okay now i can learn all i need to learn about it so that i can take control over it i can understand myself when i'm having a bad day when i'm having an unfocused day i've actually learned that like there are certain things that i need to do every morning to to start off on a good focused foot, like throughout the day. And if I don't have those things, then I know that I'm going to have an off day. Like for instance, clean clothes. Like I need to have a clean outfit for the next day. I need to have breakfast and I need to have caffeine. And so if I don't have one of those three things or any of them, then I know that I'm going to have a less focused day and I need to like prepare myself for that. All of this to say that there is freedom in finding out what makes your brain tick and learning how to cope with it in your day-to-day life. If you just choose to ignore it all the time and never like really look into it or find your community, then you're going to be alone in it. You're not going to be able to figure out how to cope with it. Like I said before, so highly recommend, like, don't be afraid of a diagnosis. If you don't want to take medicine, you don't have to, if you want to go and get diagnosed, but you don't want to take medication, you are in charge of your own body. I cannot stress that enough. A lot of people will not go and get diagnosed because they're afraid that their doctor will make them take medication. Your doctor can't make you do anything. They can prescribe it. You don't have to go pick it up. You don't have to take it. Now, I'm a pharmacy technician, so I have to say for some people, it may help you. It may be worth a try. But if you don't want to, don't let that be the reason not to go get diagnosed. Because it might, it might end up being something else you don't even know about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that will click in your head. Literally, I was listening to my favorite podcast, Ladies and Tangents. Both of them have ADHD diagnosed. Both of them. I listened to their podcast for two years before I figured out that I had ADHD. It never occurred to me. It never occurred to me. And then the moment it occurred to me in my head, which was after I had cash and it started getting a little bit worse, I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. Are we a whoa? I'm mind blown and it helps. It really helps. I understand myself better. Even if it's not about coping or learning how your brain works, just, just the feeling of knowing yourself better is worth all of it. It's worth all of it. I'm telling you it's scary at first, but it's worth all of it. Um, did you have more? Um, I was going to say that I read somewhere that OCD is more rare than OCPD, which I thought it'd be the other way around. Mm -hmm. 
but um, apparently there's a lot of angry people out there. And um, how you, you know, develop OCD a lot of the times is, like, your environment. Like how Kelsey said, I grew up with very little things, so I'm very... Oh, yeah, I was going to say that, too. Like, even if you don't want to go get diagnosed, just start thinking about what where you think it comes from. Yeah. Because like, that can help, anxiety come that can help you understand it more, too. We had talked about, go ahead, we had talked about a little bit where we thought yours came from. Yeah, so majority of it does come from... Um, I'm scared of someone robbing me. I'm scared of someone coming to my house. Um, I'm just, just, I worked hard for my items. So like I. Right. Well, and we had said that, you know, she grew up not having a lot. So, and now that she works really hard to have material items, to have a nice car, to have a nice home, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm terrified of losing it. Yeah. But what we figured out even deeper than that in the kitchen before we started recording today. Oh God. Is that it's not only the fear of losing something. But the fear of it being your fault that you lost it because you didn't lock the door, because you didn't check to make sure it was there, because you didn't say goodbye by house. Yeah. If I don't say bye by house and then later on this, this, you know, in the middle of the day, like, remember, I had asked you, what's the worst thing that can happen if you leave the door unlocked? Well, someone will break in. And I said, someone's going to break in whether you lock the door or not. If they want in your house, they'll come in your house. That's not going to be your fault either way. And that's going to be the will be though. <laughs> but in your head, that will be right. But it will be though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just traumatized by things happening and getting yelled at and just getting blamed for shit. And I'm just like, I'm well, and it's like a middle child thing too. Like I think, and, and not everybody's OCD is like one size fits all. Like we've, we've been talking about how it affects Angelica. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Right. Um, another thing that we should mention, let me look it up one second. Okay, this is going to hit hard for Angelica, so we can cut it if you want to. Jesus. Another big part of OCD that we didn't know was a part of OCD until recently is the fear of being a bad person. And Angelica used to say to me, and she thought it was imposter syndrome, which it could still be partly imposter syndrome, was that people tell you that you're a good person and you don't believe them. Or like you in your head feel like you're a bad person. I remember not too long ago, I had complimented you. Out of nowhere, just out of the blue, un, un, what's the word? Prompted. Oh, I was like, unprompted. I, I had complimented you saying like, you're a very good friend. You really want oh, people. Yeah. I was you like, really want the best for people. And I truly still believe that. Like she just wants the best for everybody in her life, her friends, her family. She is like the picture of what a good person looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but I, I had said that to you. And if I could find the text right now in five seconds, I would read it. <laughs> But, like, the next day or whatever, I saw you and you were like, yeah, like, but I don't feel like that about myself. Like, you think that you're a bad person. So I want to read this part. This is from the website No, no, no CD, N-O-C-D. Um, it says, fears about being a bad person in OCD. Some people with OCD may experience persistent fears about being a bad person. This fear may be central to OCD themes like responsibility OCD and scrupulosity OCD. We'll have to look into responsibility OCD or maybe involved in other themes of OCD, exacerbating symptoms and fears related to other toxic topics. According to the journal of obsessive compulsive and related disorders, OCD related maladaptive beliefs, such, such as threat overestimation, importance of thoughts and their control, inflated responsibility, 
intolerance of uncertainty and perfectionism increase the likelihood of catastrophic appraisals of common intrusive experiences. What this means is that people who fear being a bad person may, may cat catastrophize, that's hard to say, their OCD symptoms, fearing that their obsessions mean something about their values and morals. If a person has harm OCD, they may have intrusive thoughts about harming someone with a knife. Then in response, they may take this as a sign that they're inherently evil or bad because only someone with flawed morals or values would have these thoughts. In reality, OCD causes their obsessions to latch onto these themes precisely because they are so far from a person's actual values. And there's an example. Fear of being a bad person does not have to deal with religious beliefs, but involves any fears of being bad or evil. A person who has harm OCD or pedophilia OCD, for example, may find that the OCD cycle is made worse by fears that are that they are a bad person due to their intrusive thoughts. That kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense with like some of the intrusive thoughts you talked about, like you saying if you're if you're at a friend's house and they are looking for their wallet and they can't find it and you're like oh what if i stole their wallet it like connects to the the like, thought of you feeling like you're a bad person if i ever get like brought into the police station and they're trying to like pin a crime on me i will probably admit that i did it <laughs> yeah you're like yeah, because i probably my, did my intrusive thoughts would be like well, if you did you probably did if i don't remember but you did it yeah i wonder if there was like an, ever a time where you felt like you couldn't trust your own mind, like before the OCD started. Here, after you, after you hear you say this or say that, um, a little bit about religion because my mom would tell me, "God knows your thoughts." Oh yes, I remember. So I wasn't even this. safe in my own mind. Mm. So if I had a bad thought, that just means I'm a bad human. We will be doing an episode on religious trauma because this is this is a part of religious trauma. Believe it or not, no matter how you want to paint the picture. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I mean, not to say that this one thing that her mom said contributed to her OCD, but in a way it did. She didn't feel, she didn't feel, I'm saying, I'm talking like you're not here. You didn't feel safe in your own thoughts, in your own brain, because your mom told you you're not. Your mom told you you can't have thoughts without God knowing. Literally, like, you just can't. So then I, like, well then, if you can't have quote-unquote bad thoughts or they're just thoughts that creep into your mind it's not by accident it's because you're a bad person like mm -hmm. it's not like oh let me shove that thought out of my mind it's, it's like oh you have that thought because you're a bad person right yeah that makes a lot of sense damn i feel like we've uncovered even more sitting here talking about this today than yeah. we ever have that's really interesting i wonder if other people can relate to that and, you know, some people you may not even know have OCD because they're good at hiding it. Like you were saying, you were good at hiding it for a long time. The cousin that's reached out to you about having OCD, I would have never thought. Me either. Because he was, yeah, you know your cousin. He He's really good at hiding time. it. Never yeah. would have thought. Uh, one thing that's kind of funny is um, one of my coworkers who does have OCD, I was asking questions like, oh, what are like your quirks? Like, what are your rituals? And... Um, I won't get too specifically. Not that you'll know. Who oh, I remember is. what this was. But you know, one of his things is like I have to when I eat food, I have to start on my right side and I have to end on my left side. Like my last bite has to be on my left side. Like I just have to. If there's not enough, I will bite it in a certain way to where it's enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to him saying all these quirks, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, I'm not that bad. Yeah, I'm not that bad. And then he was like, what about you? 
And so I'm saying all these things confidently because I'm like, I'm not as bad as he is. Yeah. So I'm like talking and telling him what I do. And he goes, he literally verbalizes, oh, I'm not that bad. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You could have said it in your own head at least. But I was like, are you serious? I'm like, bro, yeah. you're way worse than I am. He's like, nope, I don't do that. I don't do that. That's way worse than what I do. So it's just funny, like, that here are these two people with OCDs, completely different. And I think he's worse and he thinks I'm worse. Yeah. And like, you know, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Not crazy, but, you know, funny. Man, we've unpacked a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So if you tell me I'm a good person, I will not believe you. So just don't waste your breath. <laughs> so just don't waste your breath. Like, honestly, like... When but that's funny, though, because you were just saying how, like, you'll ask somebody if you uh, if you locked your car and you'll believe them more than you believe yourself. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't that apply to people telling you you're a good person? I think it's because it's like... You know how you... Without trying to, without like consciously doing it, you judge everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That just happens with everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when someone tells me I'm a good person, all the negative thoughts I've ever had about them starts to resurface. Oh. And I'm like, you're not a good person because you thought this, this, and this, and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit. Like, <laughs> but well, it's like. And also, I was just thinking like when you say, did I lock the car? And the other person says, yeah, you did. That's like this one specific thing that they confirmed for you. Mm. But then if somebody says you're a good person, like that's kind of like a whole personality trait that you're like, well, I don't trust you Oh, you don't know the real me then. Yeah. Yeah. I used to always think I was a bad person. That's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like I always thought that. And it's just crazy. Like why? Who put that thought in my head? Like why did I think that? Well, I think your mom did. Can't I mean, not, not in a, like, I'm not purposeful. She was just trying to be like a good Catholic, raising good little Catholic girls. But she said to you, be careful what you're thinking. Cause God knows. And I think she was just trying to make you behave, but it backfired and made you feel like you but then I'm like, how never she, behave. How is she fine? Or is she just really good at hiding it? Her religious trauma. Mm-hmm. Because how is she, she was told the same things I were I was told, mm-hmm. and for her it was even probably more like it was in your daily routine. Yeah. Well, so um, one. Maybe we shouldn't have any like outside noise or factors that play into it. Go ahead. One of the things that falls under the OCD umbrella is hoarding, and if you watch the show Hoarders, ever one thing that they really talk about a lot is that usually there's a specific event that happens in someone's life mm-hmm. that causes the hoarding to start. Oh my gosh. And so I wonder if there's an event that you haven't un- unraveled yet that caused the OCD to, OCD to start mm-hmm. happening. And it's just reinforced by like the thing that your mom said and like other outside factors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which I, that makes me wonder if EMDR therapy would be helpful for people with OCD because then you could find that moment that started it and file it away correctly in your brain where it needs to go. Does that now make sense? Now you told me a lot of memories that you're like, I'm not sure if this is a memory or a dream. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Another time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what else do you have. I just have one last thing. I just want to apologize. Oh, to- yeah. <laughs> Um, two episodes ago, I think it was. I, I, I think it was in the cheese my sesh. Yeah, probably. 
I was like, not to shit on anyone that plans weddings, but this is easy. And I was like, girl, wait till you get a little bit closer. And now we are closer. Uh, it's not easy. I'm so sorry. She's been stressed out, y'all. Yes. Uh, it, it's like now is like the... Like, I should have time. Yes, I should have had this done months ago, but I don't know. Jose and I are so like... Not that we don't agree on things, but we like think we agree on some things and then we'll be like, well, maybe not. And then... Yeah. Well, and also, like, you guys just bought a house in February. So you bought a house in February, and you're like, hey, let's get married this same year, and we can do that. It'll, it'll be fine. We can I do know. it. So you kind of put the pressure on yourself of, like, trying to, to plan it all in a small period of time. And I'm not one to talk. Like I said before, I plan my wedding in a few months. But it's going to be stressful. <laughs> You'll get there, though. It'll be worth it on the day. Yeah, I hope so. I loved my wedding day. I loved really? it so much. One of the best days of my life. It was just so, like, everything went the way it was supposed to go. And... That doesn't happen usually. No. Usually things go wrong. Mm -hmm. I will say it rained for five minutes right before Maria arrived with the tables and chairs. And it was, like, the perfect five-minute little rain. Because they say rain on your wedding day is good luck. So it was, like, a perfect little, like, here's your good luck for the day. And then it stopped, dried up. Because it was outdoor, it was outdoors. <laughs> it was outdoors. It was outdoors. And um, yeah, we it dried up. We set up. They set up the tables and the chairs, and I finished getting ready. I was probably like maybe only half an hour late walking down the aisle, which is actually pretty common for weddings. I used to officiate weddings, and the bride's always late coming down the aisle. Just how it goes. But everybody's there to see you, so of course they'll wait for you, and it gives people who are running late time to get there and. Yeah, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? But, um, yeah, I loved my wedding day. It was, it was very blissful. If I had to put one word on it, it was very blissful. I told Jose, if he doesn't cry when I'm walking down the aisle, I'm going to turn around and do it again. <laughs> Me and Travis sobbed. We're, like, literally, like, holding hands like this to be able to hold my hands. Oh. We're, like... <gasps> Why? Like, both of us are sobbing. Well, it's such a huge accomplishment. It is. At least that's how I see it. And for us, we were like, we we're like, I was marrying my best friend and he felt the same way. And our, our wedding had been postponed multiple times. So it was like, we're finally here. We're finally marrying each other. And um, Travis does not cry often, does not show that type of emotion often. So when I was walking down the aisle and I saw him crying, looking at me for the first time, because like that was the first time, because a lot of people, they'll like do first looks or whatever. That was his first time seeing me in the wedding dress and everything. Hit like seeing him crying, looking at me. I was like, ah! I started crying. Wait, so how did you guys? Oh, you got ready at the venue, right? Like at the place we, we both were did. Yeah. Oh, okay, so <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Like, how are we gonna do that? We're yeah. both getting ready here at the house. Oh yeah, you just have to go somewhere else. Go to your mom's house. No, I'm I'm staying here. Oh well, then he'll have to go to his mom's house. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's worth the first the first. It's worth the first no, look. I'm not trying to look at each other, but like. My makeup artist is, like, 15 minutes away from me here. Yeah. If I go to my mom's, that's, like, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should go to his mom's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I think, I think there'll, there'll be enough people here where they, we can separate. maneuver. Yeah, I think so. I'll be fine. I feel like on the day of, you're going to be like, oh, whatever. We can just see each other. And no. Just, I'm, okay. Well, I want to make him leave first. I'm going to hold you guys to that because it's very important. I, I believe it's very important. 
for the first look to be as you're walking down the aisle. I believe so too. I just, okay. I'm not going anywhere. Make sure Jose believes that too. Well, make sure Jose believes that too because he's walked in on other things before with the wedding that he was supposed to see. I truly believe it'll be fine. He can get ready in his room, in our room. In his room. <laughs> they have separate bedrooms. I hear that's the key to a long lasting relationship. It's becoming more popular. I, me and Travis have two separate separate comforters. <laughs> because you know what? I'll be pissed off. We okay. We have a king size bed, and Jose keeps taking my comfort. Like my half. Yes. I'm like, bruh. Okay, listen. I will wake up in the middle of the night, and Travis is rolled up in the comforter like a burrito. Oh my god, I hate that. How the fuck did you get rolled up in a burrito? And I'm cold. How inconsiderate. So here's the resolution. We have two separate comforters. That's so funny. <laughs> and Wait, it works for us. We get ready in the room. I'll get ready here. I'll be fine. Okay. I'll hold you to that. I truly believe that. Like, what? How? Have you, have you hired a photographer for the wedding? Uh, well, my uncle is a photographer. I'm gonna use him. Okay. All right. But I'm. I still want like certain people to take photos as well because, like, you know, I want for getting ready at the same time. And I, yeah. I, we'll just see how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Y'all get a little wedding talk bonus at the end there. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm excited, but yes. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited too. Ugh. I've been telling people about it, like, oh, I can't wait till it's open Jose's it's wedding. It's gonna be so much fun. Because you guys throw good house parties. Imagine what your wedding's gonna be like. And that's why I think so too. Like, don't get me wrong, like this party is not gonna be like the party of the century. Like yeah. it's not the fanciest place. But and, it's gonna be yours. It's yeah, be your friends and family. Like I've partied at jankier places, have the time of my life. Yes. So like I'm gonna about worry people. About that. Yes, it really is. It's about who you're celebrating. Yeah. Like I, I have no. When it comes to the actual day, as of right now, even though I have so much to do, I'm, I'm like, it'll be fine. Like I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So yeah. Everything will work out. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to our episode of OCD. I hope you found some comfort yep. in this. And um, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Yeah. All if you that. forgot, we're on YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch there if you'd rather watch us on your TV. Mm -hmm. I watch us on our TV on my TV sometimes. Um, but yeah, don't don't quit supporting us. Like, yeah. Continue to support continue us. Continue to support us. Continue I feel to like, interact with us on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, we got like this influx in the beginning of us doing this, and now I feel like it's kind of died down. Like, we're still here, y'all. Like, yeah, we're, still, we're still responding. We're still going. Like, we'll respond to any messages, any comments that yeah. you send us. So, let us know what you want to hear about. And we've got plenty of stuff on the topic list. We're not running out of topics anytime soon. But let us know what you want to hear about next so that we can, uh, we can do what you we guys want. We can cater to your needs and your yes. wants because we love you. Yes. Okay. All right, y'all. Goodbye. See you later. Bye.